Alright folks, welcome to a live and in Las Vegas edition of the Big 3 Podcast. My name is Brian Robb, joined in person for the first time all together, Mike Pina, Rich Levine. We are here in Las Vegas for Summer League, gentlemen, and we arrive just as we say goodbye to Avery Bradley as a member of the Celtics. Yeah, this is really awkward sitting with you guys while we do this. I know. I think I'm just going to look down at the ground, is that okay? Do you want to go in a different room? And then <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm at least going to put my sunglasses on, I think, while we do this. Um, Avery, man, I mean, what, you draft the guy, what year did they draft him? That was 2010? 2010 or 11, I think it might have been 11. 2010, 2011. I mean, what more can you ask from a guy? For what he gave on the court, the way he carried himself off the court, I know this is very cheesy to say, but... Um, is there anyone who likes the Celtics who is not an Avery Bradley fan? Like, those things do not go hand-in-hand, hand, right? Yeah, he was kind of, like, very emblematic of the style they wanted to play, uh, like, the culture they were trying to, uh, initiate. Just, like, hard worker, doesn't talk, really nothing, like, he just lets his game do the talking, and, uh, hard worker who, you know, he improved aspects of his offensive game in every single season. He entered the league a very so-so jump shooter this past season or the last few seasons. You know, capable three-point shooter you couldn't leave alone. Yeah, it's a real big bummer to see him go, but we, we talked about in the last episode that this was this was coming. Yeah, it was coming. Um, obviously, and I think just looking at, to echo your, your guys' points, you know, if you look at Avery's career numbers... He pretty much got better every single year, like not just, you know, on the court, but the numbers backed it up as well. And like things like even the rebounding this year, like a guy who... Oh, right. When, whole, Al, when Al was injured for that. Right. When Al was, right. boards a game. Right. Eight boards a game in the first 10 or 15 games of the season. Kind of just doing whatever needed to be done. You know, did obviously the dirty work defensively. Got recognized for it in the last couple of years like he should have been. But, um, he had everybody tweeting when he yeah. didn't make the all defensive team. Amazing. Everybody who he had to, who he guarded, it was incredible. And that's the real; those are the guys that should be voting for the all defensive team, right? Slow, solely, like those are the only people that should be allowed to vote. That's yeah. a good point, Rich. And that reaction, were you, Pierre? Were you covering the team when when Shaq was here that year? Yes. So do you remember? I mean, that was sort of my last year, kind of being around the team a lot. Mm-hmm. I remember Avery. So he had done one year at Texas. And he came in as a little kid on probably one of the more veteran teams in NBA history. Not just in the NBA at that point, but it was, I think Ray was still here. Yeah, Ray, yeah. Paul, KG, you had Keon Dooling, you had Shaq, obviously, you had uh, Jermaine, Jermaine O'Neal. O'Neal. And then there was little Avery, who was like, you know, imagine uh, Demetrius Jackson, right, coming into, that, coming into that team. And I remember just the way he carried himself, to see him grow into what he has become. Uh, it's just really cool, and I think I mean certainly we're all going to be rooting for him in Detroit. Um, what do you think? We don't get too too deep into Avery Bradley's you know next life, but Detroit. what do you think? What, what's he What's he going to do on the Pistons next year? Is he going to get lost? You Pistons think? are sad, man. It's that's it's, yeah, not the place you want to be. I don't think, Mike. I can't believe just how they handled the KCP negotiation. I thought that that was a lock. His restricted free agent. He's arguably your best player. You had a down season last year, but you want to bring him back. He's not old. Um, that's the type of player, even if he received an offer sheet that was for the max, I mean, that's someone who you want to keep around. He's a perfect fit in today's league. So to renounce him today and bring... I mean, 
Is Avery even better than KCP? That's debatable. And Avery is 27 and he's going to, he's unrestricted next year and going to get 20 to 25 million a year, I think. So it's, it's, uh, I don't know what they're doing. Um, I'm happy. I really hope that they give him a five year deal. That would be wonderful. Who knows? Stan Van Gundy is, you know, throwing money around right now. Is he um, falling into like the Doc Rivers, Phil Jackson, sort of like old school guy who think who's just sort of just doesn't he has a plan, but I don't think he's a very good GM. Right. Stan Van if you look at just what he's done and the the overpays he's already committed to. John Luer. Like John Luer, like going going all in on Reggie Jackson so early before I mean, I feel like People had questions there whether you know that was a max guy, um, and just the Celtics kind of like dealing with them. They like <laughs> they they find, got, Danny they, finds those guys. He finds those guys. There's not a lot of guys left in the league, but you know they got Drebko for and uh, Gigi for nothing. They got Tayshawn Prince, who it was like a a salary dump for them, and then Drebko ended up being a solid player. So now this time around, you you flip around Bradley. A guy you're going to lose anyway after this year, and you get arguably one of the best uh, non-rookie deals in the league. I feel like in Marcus Morris back. Yeah, should we explain? Like, I think a lot of people are upset that Avery was the one to go, and I know we talked about it in the last episode. But there were reports that you know they were shopping Marcus and Jay, and the sign and trade uh, with the Jazz was kind of a hot and cold report for a few days so like maybe we should just briefly touch upon why Avery was the one who had to go I mean so he he's the one who he's 27 unrestricted free agent next summer um but like in terms of fit do you feel do you guys feel like that's someone who you should have kept around for kind of how this team is built going do you think Crowder is like a an overlap with Tatum and Jalen and Hayward now, and you know Marcus's his questionable jump shot and that shrinking the floor a little bit. Like those are just the reasons why people are, I think, a little perturbed. Even though if you followed the money, it was always going to be Avery Bradley. I mean, there's also questions if there's another deal to come. I mean, I think that's yeah. something to really consider. I don't really know what kind of names to even start throwing out there, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it's I I wouldn't be shocked if they go into to next year with this with this crew, just like a bunch of wings, and let Brad just sort of get creative and go nuts. But I also wouldn't be shocked if there's one more. And I think it's just one more. If there's going to be a trade, I think there's only one more that's left this off season. Uh, whether or not it's going to happen, we don't know. But I would not be shocked. Yeah, I think the more obvious thing that's or the the next shoe to drop is going to be the room mid level exception and them likely we all agree I think that they're going to sign a big that would make complete sense at this point yeah they need a rim protector after seeing your boy after uh, (laughs) what I can't believe is that you guys have watched Zizis you said you didn't even really watch the Utah no I did I I was there in Utah for all three games so this guy he plays first three games ever even resembling the NBA 20 years old. Total bust. <laughs> it, right, total bust. You guys are absolutely killing him. No, no. He, he's been in the United hey, hey, States. Hey. He's been in the United States for three for like a week. Listen. And it's in Utah. He'll be fine. Can you imagine be, if you spend your whole life in Croatia and then they send you to Utah for a week? There's enough to build on here. I'm, I'm not counting them out yet. It's just... I think you guys might the, be. The hype, train, the hype train was just a little too strong 
for what he can do right now. And I'm saying jumping off the hype train. You yeah, I think that's also too strong. Yeah, well. yeah, I'm not. I'm, I'm holding on. Okay. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm in the back, and you know, I have my foot next to a door, but I'm still on there. Yeah, I mean, uh, he's not. He's he's not a summer league kind of player. He's more yeah, he's, a, he's more yeah, of an NBA yeah, kind of player. No, I think. he is a. He's a exactly. <laughs> but um, summer league is not for big men. No, no, anyone it definitely is not. Uh, but going back to just your question, Mike, and the the roster complexion. To Rich's point, I do think they could easily start going to the next year of this roster as a baseline. Obviously, adding a, a free agent bigger too. Um, but I do like how they put themselves in a position now where they do have some. They have excess wing depth, and they have cheap excess wing depth, and that could conceivably fetch them a nice trade return. They don't need to move anyone because, like you said, Mike, they're probably happy to just you know, mix and match of this group all year long, you can, you know, they're, they've already given up on rebounding anyway, so <laughs> Morris is another step in that direction. Um, but at the same time, if someone, if, you know, one of these other teams misses out in free agency on a guy they want and want to upgrade and want to overpay for Crowder or overpay for Morris, um, I'm sure Danny and company will be happy to entertain them. Yeah, I don't see a deal. I mean, we're talking about right before the trade deadline, right? Like, I don't. I think they'll head into the season with this crew. They'll use the room exception on either Deadman from the Spurs, <clears throat> who I think would be the the perfect fit. That's like a one of those like candidates who just makes too much sense, and it would surprise no one if they signed him. Uh, Aaron Baines would be nice. That's someone who can you know hit their free throws at the end of games. He closed a bunch of games for the Pistons last year because Drummond is garbage at the free throw line. But you don't want Baines closing a game here, though, do you? No, I'm just saying that's someone who is a reliable big. I mean, he can play the start of the first and the third quarter. Yeah, that's true. Take the pressure that's off. That's all perfect. you really need. Uh, go ahead. No, just the front court is now with Morris in there. Like I think he's more of a <clears throat> small ball four, even a small ball five in like crazy science experiment lineups that Stevens is gonna deploy. Um, so I think the front court's pretty beefy right now, and whoever they bring in is just gonna be kind of like the foul giver in a potential. So you're not. So you're not looking for like a real, like. Impact big man. I mean, impact, you know, being a relative word, but like... Yeah, there's just aren't those guys available. Like Mason Pumley, what's he, what's he going to get? Like, what's his status right now? Well, he's restricted, restricted, so... And the Nuggets gave up a first-round pick for him, yeah, right. so they're going to match no matter what. Right. Um, I mean, I could see JaVale McGee. I think that would be really fun. Because yeah. he hasn't gotten paid yet. I expected him maybe to get... to For someone to fill cap space with him, but like... The center market is really p- playing to the Celtics' favor right now. And you need someone with a championship pedigree, <laughs> like JaVale McGee, to really set the tone. Speaking of which, you know what? One thing that I'm... And it doesn't worry me, but when you're talking about how things click so quickly for 2018, like the last time, not that Gordon Hayward is even close to Garnett, but there was like a an instant sort of hierarchy there. Like That was Garnett's team. They, they let Pierce sort of carry the torch as the captain, but Cameron, Kevin Garnett took over, everyone fell in line. Is Isaiah Thomas, he's that guy, but he he's also in his contract year. We're just assuming that the Celtics are going to re-sign him. And, and that there's no that there's no problem with Isaiah sort of being the leader, knowing that he's up for a free agency next year. Well, I think the way this offseason has played out helps the Celtics keep him for a variety of reasons. Um, one is just the market. I mean... Some guys are getting paid, like, I feel like the Pelicans overpaid Holiday, like, 
but there are a lot of teams pot committed to their point guards right now. So when Thomas does hit the market next summer, I don't think the teams that need a point guard are going to want to throw max money at him. And the Celtics, I know I think Zach Lowe commented on this too, too, but I think we've talked about this for a while on the podcast, just that he might, you know, he's hitting the market at a less than ideal time, the free agent market, I feel like, because poor, back poor then, guy. yeah, poor guy, I mean, he's only going to get 20 25 $30 million as opposed to, you know, 33 But I, I would be shocked if anyone would give him the max next year based on how this market's gone. Yeah, I'm looking right now at teams that could potentially afford him. And I don't know, like, they're not in a position to pay a guy like Isaiah Thomas long-term money, like, over a four-year deal. They would be, they're all rebuilding teams. They're looking like they're trying to take it slow. One of them is the Kings. I mean, they have Fox. They have George Hill. They're they're probably going to have some space. The Bulls are probably going to have a lot of space. They just traded for Dunn and Levine. So, like... I don't know who, like, a lot can change between now and then, but I don't know who is out there, and, like, that's all that matters. Like, right. Kyle Lowry thought he was going to get a five-year max. We were talking about that a year ago. He was right. shooing for the five-year max, even though he's even though he's uh, on the wrong side of 30. So he didn't get it because the Sixers slot filled up, uh, Timberwolves slot filled up. There was just nobody that was willing to pay him the money. So that, I think that that's going to happen with the Celtics, too. And, you know, it kind of sucks just because this guy is, in my opinion, top 15 player in the league. And for him to be on this really unfortunate contract that he's been on, like, declining Six million dollars, every man. year. It's ridiculous. Uh, how does he contract. live with himself? <laughs> <laughs> how does he look in the mirror <laughs> making only $6 million a year? It's all relative, yeah. and when he steps on the floor against other dudes who he's destroying, and they're making literally three times as much as him. It's great, for the, Cel- it's great for the Celtics, though. <laughs> Just piss him off more. <laughs> it's great Just make Celtics. him want to destroy these guys. Uh, Speaking of which, imagine, uh, can you imagine the awful contract Jeff Green would have gotten? Like, like, tw- like 25-year-old Jeff Green, if he was around right now? As, he, as he finally gets the, minim- the vet minimum. The vet he's move. finally reached that level where they're only willing to... to they're still, imagine if he gets a ring. That's impossible, right? I think the Cavs' chances of getting a ring went down a lot, a lot this afternoon when Jeff Green. Uh, Speaking of which, it's a terrible offseason for them. How? How? Yeah. And and that's what that was, that's my next question. Assuming the Celtics find some sort of serv- serviceable big man, someone to help on the rebounds a little bit, like how, what's what's the difference between the Cavs and the Celtics right now? You get a, a full after a full regular season of getting to know each other, playing with each other. It's. Uh, Cavs are still the favorites. Cavs are still the favorites, and they have LeBron. And I think it's it's a very simple equation. Like for me, if LeBron is healthy. It's just like it's really, really, really hard to beat him. You need like look at what he did in the finals against <laughs> one of the greatest teams of all, all right. time. But they also got destroyed. They got right. well. They, yeah, I think you know if that, that series actually, I think could have been a little bit closer if. Game three, which Cavs kind of blew. Cavs win game four. I still think the Warriors would have won, but I think it would could have been a right. Could have been a series. Um, he was tremendous. So it'll be really interesting to see how you know health is obviously a factor here. That team is really. I mean, they're just a year older. They didn't add any depth anywhere. 
they replaced Darren Williams with Jose Calderon. He's not, <laughs> not going to be able to play in the finals. I don't know what he, that... He couldn't that, play two years ago. No. It's, it's unbelievable. So... And they're trying to dump like Shumpert and stuff. Like they're they they clearly want to dump some. Von I know. Well, that's like, they have no. Their contracts to dump that no one wants in this market now. Like no one wants J.R. Smith. No one wants Shumpert at that money. And you know, Corver obviously resigned for okay money, but that's going to probably be a hard deal to move down the line as well. So and LeBron's just about had it. Yeah, LeBron's like, had like, it. He's more like like he's he's done with Gilbert again. He's he's getting ready to possibly leave next summer. I just think there's going to be a lot going on. And it could be good for the Celtics, you know. All the focus is going to be on Cleveland. They can sort of do their thing, and uh, you know, see what happens when you get to the playoffs. But um, first of all, do we think that the Celtics have really separated themselves from the rest of the East besides yes. the Cavs? I believe. I believe so. I mean, I think Toronto will still, like in the regular season, will be right there, toe to toe with the wins, because I think the East is just such a, you know, I think Toronto. So I mean, it's a better matchup now for the Celtics, but that's always going to be an issue. Up front with them, with like if they keep <clears throat> Valchunas. So, yeah, but like, but I'm just thinking, like, who knows how it's going to happen? But like, it's possible that you could have like Marcus Martin, Jay Crowder leading your second unit. Like, if everything yeah. clicks, well, if everything clicks with this team, like they are top to bottom. And when you have Brad pulling, like, doing what he does, like, they're going to be a te- like a team, you know, like a well oiled machine. Well, let's talk about the starting lineup for a bit. Based on this roster they have right now, assuming they add a very interesting a, a serviceable big, but one that could easily come off the bench. Like I feel like they get Devin or something like that, they'll start him because I'll probably be the lure to get him here. If but, he's good enough to start for the Spurs, yeah, I think <laughs> he can you can sneak him in there. But then, I mean, do you worry about starting if you go small and you can go big at you know the two of Hayward and go Crowder, Morris, Horford? Are you worried about playing Horford at the five all year long or? Would you rather do that instead of, you know, buying, you know, some replacement-level minutes at the five every night with whoever they pick up? Yeah, I mean, I foresee a majority of Horford's minutes being at the five just because he's better there. I know what he says publicly and, like, at his locker about how he wants to be a four, but tough. You're Like, you're not in today's league. You just aren't. And I think a lot of these guys have it in their head that the five is just physically taxing on their body. KG was was one of those at the forefront of that. Yeah, and it was, I think that was fair back when he was, uh, you know, on the Celtics and he's saying those things because there were so many guys who could make you work and take your legs out. But, like, now, like, there's, like, the five men in today's league is like a... Pipe cleaner who sets screens and rolls to the basket. Yeah, I'm trying to think like who like like so you got Valanciunas, you got Drummond, but like on like a nightly basis, if you just keep it to the Eastern Conference, like Embiid, I guess if he's even playing. Yeah, but it's yeah, and and Drummond, and I yeah. do think that they will sign up a five. That five, whether it's Baines, Deadman, McGee, like in those matchups, like you start you play those guys for the first five six minutes of the first and the third quarter. And Horford's at the five for the rest of the game. Horford, Zizic is the guy we haven't even brought up or uh, as an option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we brought him up. Um, so yeah, I mean, Marcus Morris has got to play. Tatum's got to play. So I don't think Morris is going to be playing at the three too much with Jalen and 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 Crowder. And, and I think Morris is a guy that's gonna ha- it has to play. He's a guy I worry about a little bit if he gets lost yeah. at the end of the bench. Yeah, and he yeah. deserves to play too. Like yeah. he's that's a guy you definitely on the floor for 20, 25 minutes a night. 
I mean, we haven't talked about his game too much yet. I, first of all, he's a great guy, I feel like, to throw out LeBron. I, I think Tom Haberstrahl of ESPN had a, I think it was last year when the Pistons played the Cavs in the playoffs, he had a little video on how Morris is actually the best defender against LeBron in the league during that, that year, during 2015-16. Um, obviously, it's sample size stuff, but just his body type, the way his strength, um, he can move fairly well for a 6'9 guy. He obviously can't rebound well, but they, they'll they take a, you know, a hard-nosed defender yeah. in that spot. And those twins are a little nuts. We right. Need, we, need, we need the Celtics need guys like that. They got that. some crazy now. Got the yeah, crazy. You got like Smart in there, crazy. Crowder. Like that's, <laughs> you got that Smart, Crowder, Marcus Morris. Like, that's pretty intimidating. Yo, yeah, man. I don't wanna, like, you, don't, you don't want to play against that team. <laughs> like, on a, like on a cold like cold Tuesday night, just <laughs> you flew into Boston at 5 a.m., yeah, yeah. Take the court and get your ass beat by those guys. And Zizic, you know, for for all he isn't he's your guys. Hard are, screens, hard, hard screens, screens, and he's just a guy that it hurts to play against. He's gonna have fun in practice. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, and something I bring up all the time is just how young this team is, and how so many of these guys are still improving. Terry Rozier is still improving, and he really had a breakout performance in the playoffs. Um, Jalen obviously is still improving and like I'm not expecting like him to be like in the all-star conversation or anything this year but like I think he's going to be in the rotation and an impact player on both ends 21 years old he is (laughs) he's like really he's very exciting like a lot more exciting than I expected on the night that they drafted him so like to see what we get out of him to see if Marcus uh, Marcus Smart's three-point shot actually gets to league average levels if he's on the court getting wide-open spot-up looks beside Hayward and Thomas and Horford. Corner only. Corner <laughs> only. New role for Marcus Smart. So well, it's, uh, I, yeah, I think this team is, like, whereas if you're compa- comparing and contrasting them with the Cavaliers, a team that's, you know, besides, like, Kyrie is just, like, a bunch of old... Like, Richard Jefferson's coming back. It's, like, it's just a, a <laughs> Right, they're, they're, holding, they're, they're holding on. They're like, they're like the Celtics in 2012 and 2013. It's just, like... It's, I mean, they also have LeBron and but, Kyrie. I mean, Love is still in his prime, too. Let's, right. like, the, you know, like, the the supporting cast... They're not getting better. They're Let's not getting that. better. The bench is, is very old, and it's not getting better. The, the guys, you know, LeBron hasn't shown any signs of slowing down and... Irving and Love are still in their prime, but those are two guys with big injury questions too in their career. So, one, you know, switch there could really open the door for the Celtics. No, and another thing, real quick, like now that you have Hayward and now that you don't have cap space to worry about and all that, you can be much more aggressive at the trade deadline with sure. your assets. And if someone comes available. Uh, you can afford, with all the assets that they have, which are still, that's, that's another reason why I wanted them to keep all of them. Now you have a ridiculous amount of assets to, you know, you can use one, you can use that Memphis pick, let's say, at the trade deadline for someone who you maybe wouldn't typically think is worth that Memphis pick, but someone who could put you over the top against Cleveland. Yeah. So now's 100%. the time to spend. Or how about like, you know, using the Lakers pick next year to get a guy like, oh, I don't know, Paul George right now. <laughs> Kevin, no, Kevin I, Pritchard, I what actually, the hell are you doing? Yeah, No, and I actually think that, um, you know, I'm not that high on Oklahoma City. I think that that could be 
They don't have enough shooting. They so. kept themselves relevant. They're, they're, in, they're relevant. That's all it is. They're and not I, a contender. Yeah. Probably a five seed out west, I feel like. I don't oh, even know five. about that. Uh, yeah. we'll west see, is, ooh, so, west is so good. West is a stack, man. Um, I think that they could be in a position where uh, Presti's forced or wants to shop George. Sure. Because he's leaving. Right. So... What are you doing? Like, I mean, you you make, not, that, yeah. you make that trade because you make that trade. It's a no-brainer. You're getting off Oladipo's contract. Yeah, you would, you'd make that trade for nothing. You lose. They're paying less money this year and in the future. Like, it's it's a it's just a no-brainer. <laughs> so, like, one, that was one of the weirdest trades I've ever seen. But, um, yeah, yeah, so I think George could be available at the trade deadline. And uh, But I you think, want to bring him in like that if it's just for... For like the I mean, last it depends on the months. price. Like, I mean, obviously, if it's yeah, for a couple months, gone. it depends what you're building here too. Yeah, you don't want to because I mean that's a big that that that, that changes everything. Right, because you're you're to match salary there, you probably have to say goodbye to a couple core pieces as well, which you would be happy to do. See how Crowder's playing. Yeah, see how Crowder. Yeah. I mean, like, but no, that is one of those things where, um, you know, you'd much rather matching the money might be make that harder to I, do for a rental unless you really think that like the Cavs are cooked and you want to take a, a real run at the Warriors. One thing that might be fun with a rotation is to do like a uh, like a varsity JV squad. So you got your starters, you got like Isaiah, Marcus, Gordon, Jay, and Al. Yeah. And then your bench is Rozier, Jalen, Tatum, Zizic, and like Yabuselli. Well, that's like smart. hockey, hockey Smart starting. That's my right. Yeah. So it's like the A team, the B team. Like I used to do like in rec league. Yeah. But in this case, it's like it's almost like a minor league unit that you're playing. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. No, no, I, I mean, it probably like young gun, like just like sell it like that, sell them yeah. together. I think, uh, well, that's a very fun idea. <clears throat> yeah, that's just fun. I don't know how. Good. Yeah, I think Brad is really excited to stagger Hayward um, and Isaiah. That's yes. going to be this offense. How, how good do we think this offense could be? I think it's going to be like what between, teams are going to be better? I mean, the Cavs, the Warriors, the Rockets. I think that's it. The Sp- I'm not even convinced on the Rockets, by the way. I think that they have they have more work to do than. I like I like the Rockets, and they're gonna average like a hundred and three possessions for forty eight minutes. But Wizards should be right there too. That with the, no. with the, with the Celtics, <laughs> no. I, I think the Celtics are clearly the second Celtics best. Celtics are guaranteed I mean, top five offense, and we'll see how much better. Can, yeah, in my opinion, like I, I think they'll be very. No, very, very I mean you're right. That's, and I do think, um, like Morris, for instance. You know, he's a up-and-down shooter, 33% last year, like a career low for him in Detroit. He shot really well in Phoenix, though, during those years out there when that that run-and-gun type team. So he's going to get a lot better looks here than he got in Detroit. Yeah. Listen, he's from the, the last two years, he started 80 games and 79 games and averaged 14 points a game for right. two seasons in the NBA. Like, that is a legit NBA player. On a Taking team with, next to Andre Drummond. Shots. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Taking bad, doing a lot of bad ice With Reggie Jackson and right. Andre Drummond. So, yeah, like, that's his, if they can, if he becomes, like, a, a really disciplined player, like, or offensive player, I feel like, like, Crowder in the sense that, like, he doesn't try to do too much, he takes the open threes, he, you know, takes the ball out of the hoop when it's there, but doesn't get, you know, move out of his lane otherwise, then that that's huge, I feel like. So, question to kind of wrap it up a little bit, because i got to get to the arena. Um, who's going to start at the two? And wh- what is the starting Five. Let's I, th- I think I think Jalen's gonna start too. How do you think too? I think Jalen could start at the two, which 
eventually, maybe not on opening night. I just think it makes a lot more sense to... I think he's a better spot-up three-point shooter than Smart at this point. I think, um, you know, Rogier could be the backup point guard, but I'm still, I think, a little bit more comfortable uh, with Marcus in that role. And I guess it depends. You could actually just like play it by the matchups, honestly. And so there's no, so not don't have a set do starting five, set starting. which I is get, risky. That's a little risky, but and no, I could see that. But I think the Celtics are an unorthodox are you, thinking team. Are you putting Jalen on point guards though? If you're starting with the two, or are you putting that on Isaiah? Because I think that's that's yeah. the concern there. That might get, you know. In the regular season, though, like Isaiah is fine on most point guards. It's like, I mean, I think it's not that big of a concern. But yeah, in terms of wearing him out, for sure, it's it's you don't want him doing that. But they're not going to lose any games, I think, because you're putting them on like whoever. I don't. Know, I can't even think of a point guard right now. Like Rick, John Wall. Rick, sure. Yeah, John. <laughs> Westbrook. Westbrook. There's just so many good point guards. Um. No, that's what I mean. I feel like the candidates, you can go three ways with it. You can go Jalen, who I'd say is probably 50 50 in my mind, too. Um, so you can go be, smart. Or you could go big with Hayward at the two if they decide they want to go. Morris at the three, Crowder at the four? You, you, either that, or you bring Morris off the bench, you start Crowder at the three, Horford at the four, and then you get Deadman or something at the five. And that's, about, does Jordan Hill have anything left? That that could be a guy in a minimum. I wouldn't, you know, I'd take him for nothing. Um, he probably yeah. doesn't have much left, but I'd still take him for. That's a serviceable veterans min big. He, I feel like he, you know, when he was good a couple of years, not good, but when he was serviceable a couple of years ago, he'd have a pretty solid mid range jumper yeah. and could rebound a little bit. Was like or Indiana at the last or the Lakers the last time he was decent? Yeah. I think he had one good year in Indiana. Yeah, or, I don't know, like the fact that. He just like never played on a team that like needed that exact type of player. Makes me pause. Played right. seven games last year for Tibbs. That's nuts. All right. Like that's the exact type of player that they needed. Like a big who knows how to defend. Like make mix it up down low. And what about uh, plan it, so. Rashid, Rashid Wallace? Yeah, bring it back. <laughs> what do you think? No, but that. I mean, we'll. It'll be interesting to see how long they have to wait to get some closure there. But I do think probably one of the main appeals of that mid-level money or the room-level exception money that they have is they can offer a starting five spot to a guy that's good enough. What about uh, Bogut, guys? Andrew Bogut. He might be done. I'd, I'd be done. Again, another... I'd he, like, broke his middle. leg. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. He's now, he's now broken every single bone in his body. It's That's a tough one. Um, Should we wrap it up? You gotta go, Mike? Yeah, that's... Yeah, but I'll just say, like, real quick, when you're this good, you also are, like, in the buyout market, too. Right. So if they, they, I don't know what they're going to do with their final roster. They might sign a bunch of these young guys that they drafted. Um, so, yeah, we'll see. But when you're this good, people want to play for you, and they'll, t- they'll be willing to take a pay cut if they think you can win it all. So Trey Murphy. Murphy. Trey Murphy is <laughs> right around the corner. <laughs> well, that'll be it for us for now, but this is the start of... So at least special. two or three more from Las Vegas here. Um, and then hopefully we'll have some special guests in yeah. the next couple of days too. So stay tuned. We'll cross our fingers for that. We're, I think we can get maybe one special guest. Yeah. We'll see what, you know. Like, you going to play some craps tonight? Play a little craps tonight. Um, 
you know, maybe we can... When you lose all your money, be robbed. Don't say it anymore. Yeah, but yeah, Peter's Pien- not a gambler. I didn't, I didn't know that about you. We're going to change that this no, week. No, we won't. We're going to play some strip poker once we, <laughs> when you get back from the arena tonight. We'll report on that during the next one, guys. We'll, we'll, we'll video that. Yeah. <laughs>